This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone. Easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends. And then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are back uh, with another sub, 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 whatever segment of fictional women around the world. I haven't found the alternate title, like activists around the world, but I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. And you know what? I'm very happy today because we are taking it back to one of my very faves, one of my very first favorite fictional characters, Tara Branford from Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. And yes, that is confusing. I always, when I was growing up, I always knew it as three, so that's probably what I'm going to call it, but um, I I understand that it's more traditionally known as six, so, well, we're just going to roll with it. And uh, once again, Samantha's going to be kind of supporting me <laughs> as, I, as I try to explain this, but always feel free to ask any questions. I have no idea what this game is at all. Like, I know the name, but that's the end. Uh, and there could be a lot of questions because the Final Fantasy series is a bit daunting to explain, yes. And that's like the understatement of the century, perhaps. And a part of that is because it is a series that was created in Japan originally, and some things for sure got lost in translation, like the whole, is it three or is it six thing? Um, or the fact that in the Japanese version of this game, Tara's name is Tina? And apparently when they did test in American markets, everyone hated the name Tina. <laughs> kind of similar thing with Eris slash Aerith. Like in the one I grew up with, the character's name was mistranslated to Eris as opposed to Aerith. And this is a character from Final Fantasy VII who is another favorite of mine that we will uh, definitely come back to. 
But okay, basically these games are generally role-playing games that take place in fantasy worlds, some more fantastical, some more technological slash futuristic, some a mixture of both. They are not connected storyline-wise unless you're looking at Final Fantasy X and X-2 or XIII and XIII-2, something like that. But Final Fantasy III was one of my absolute favorites as a kid. We had it on the Super Nintendo, which meant we only had three save slots. And even though... Me and my siblings, I have two brothers, so there's three of us. Seems like it should work. No, they would erase my game all the time for their, quote, special runs. Oh, I mean, (laughs) brothers. Um, (laughs) Also, this game does have a big Star Wars connect. Like, there's characters named Biggs and Wedge. There's an emperor, things like that. So I loved that also. Um, Tara is the first playable character in Final Fantasy 3-6 and a necessary character for the first half of the game. Um, Some characters are optional. She is not. And not only that, she is a required party member for most of the game. When the game starts, she is an 18-year-old magic user that has been captured and enslaved by the Gestalian Empire. Magic users are pretty rare in this universe, and her powers are an enigma. (laughs) When you first start, uh, you know her as... Question, 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 question mark. Bunch of question marks. And later, girl, because they've stripped her of her name and her identity. Um, As the game opens, she and some Imperial soldiers are in these, like, mechanized walkers hunting down a mysterious esper, which are these powerful, magical, mystical beings. And when they find the esper, a strange reaction takes place between it and Terra, knocking back the soldiers and freeing Terra of the device used to control her. Once she is freed, she struggles with amnesia and experiencing emotions to the point that she is afraid that she cannot feel love. She is rescued by an anti-imperial activist who enlists a thief named Locke to get her to safety. And from this point, Tara embarks on a journey across the continent, which I would kind of describe this world as maybe a more fantasy and land-based version of Star Wars. I know I always compare everything to Star Wars. It's just a good reference point for me. Um, Where you've got your evil empire, uh, even complete with evil emperor betrayed by his apprentice. You've got your rebellion. You've got your magic, your different worlds, your mysterious power crystals, a mostly extinct magical race, rogues, smugglers, spies, traitors, kings, the whole thing. Also, like with most games, you can give characters other names if you want. And I used to use the name King Edgar. I would name his character after my brother because there was the whole scene where Kefka, who is this villainous clown, essentially Darth Vader, I guess, uh, was cursing him out, and I loved it. So I would be, like, using my brother's name and calling him, like, all these (laughs) insults. And I would just (laughs) laugh and laugh. (laughs) Um, And he didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't know that until I told him recently. And it was a nice, you know, he used to erase my game, it's not the same, but a little one-up, a little one-up on him. Okay, so back to Tara. Tara is confused and lost without her memories or her emotions. So she follows Locke to meet up with the Returners, who are, this is the underground resistance movement. As they arrive, they learn that the Emperor's second-in-command, an unhinged jester named Kefka, is about to launch an attack on a city they just fled to claim the Esper that so affected Tara. So they rush back to try to stop Kefka, and Tara suddenly transforms into an ethereal being, screams, and flies away. And the scream is very haunting, by the way. Um, It's one of the, I think, only two sounds she makes in the game, because this was, you know, early game. And you can look it up on her, 
like fandom page and you can play it and it, it gave me goosebumps. It gave me goosebumps. Locke and the crew pursue her and find her being healed and her memory restored by another Esper who reveals that she is the hybrid daughter of an Esper warrior and a human mother. Uh, their hidden world was attacked and um, both the parents perished. Uh, the emperor killed Tara's mother and kidnapped Tara. Oh. He took her back to the Empire and experimented on her, using her to create the magic armory weaponry called Magitech that allowed for their continued dominance of this world. And Terra herself was used as a living biological weapon. To control her, Kefka placed a crown of enslavement on her and ordered her to kill 50 soldiers in Magitech armor. She completed the order in three minutes. Uh, with her memories restored, she can now access her Esper abilities. And I guess, by the way, uh, when Espers die, they turn into these crystals that the Empire has been using uh, to, to power their technology. Uh, they call them Magicite. However, Terra is hamstrung by the memories of what the Empire made her do and being made into a weapon again. So she's a recurring theme throughout. She is constantly questioning people's motivations. She's always wondering if they're just using her for her magic. She helps the Returners locate the hidden world of the Espers, but when released, they start eventually attacking the Empire without thought. And this forces the hand of the Emperor, and he makes a deal with the Returners, um, and they partner to bring peace between the Espers and humanity. But alas, it was all a big scheme by the Emperor and Gevka, and they betrayed the Alliance, of course, killing their own liaison, General Leo, I remember, and several Espers in their betrayal. They attack the Esper world to get their hands on the source of their power, an arcane object the Emperor intends to use to grant him godlike abilities. However, another betrayal! Kefka kills him, uh, pushes the artifact out of alignment to destroy the world, and of course, gives himself godlike powers. This brings us to part two. Now in the post-apocalyptic world where Terra is optional. And I find this interesting because um, an Empire spy named Celis, who's kind of like an enemy of yours at some point, but switched sides, uh, is the one trying to round up party members in part two. And I love Celis. I want to come back and do an episode on her as well. She's got a whole opera scene that I love. <laughs> uh, anyway, Celis finds a weakened Terra no longer able to access her powers and is now the surrogate guardian for the children of a town Kefka burned for, he burned it down for defying him. Uh, Celis aids Terra in fighting a fire demon. And if Terra does not accompany you, it will attack again until she rejoins the party. Tara is able to use her power but cannot revert back into her human form until she realizes that the children who were initially afraid of her Esper appearance are still able to love and hope even though the world is so dark at this point. And that leads her to realize that so is she. She can still love and she can still hope after all of her fears around that. She entrusts the children to the oldest of the group who promised to watch over them until she returns. The group goes to fight Kefka, who has multiple, like, jibes and monologues about life not being worth living. And the group, including Tara, provide many excellent counterpoints. They defeat Kefka, but in doing so, banish magic and espers from the world. Tara is informed she will disappear too, unless she has learned how to love. She begins to vanish, but is pulled back at the last minute, saved by the love for her friends and the children. Uh, life returns to their world as Tara goes back home. The end? Um. 
This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Despite this being an ensemble game, she's the main protagonist. Some people like to disagree, but she is on the cover. She's in the original logo. Her theme is the main theme. She's appeared in other games too. And I I loved her costume. She um, I always wanted to do it at Dragon Con. So she has like green hair. So I'd have to get a green wig or dye my hair, I guess. Uh, and a pink jumpsuit. It's kind of hard to tell because the this was an early game. So the, the animation was a little you know, clunky. They're little sprites. Uh, but I always thought she looked so cool. Uh, as an esper, she had this, like, wild green hair. Um, usually she was naked, but the hair covered everything. But anyway, I digress. Tara wasn't supposed to necessarily be the protagonist, but I think that she is. They wanted to showcase her arc from a somewhat passive, go-with-the-flow character to actively choosing her destiny, hence why the second half starts without her. Um, and there's certainly a bigger conversation that we could have and have had about the whole like giving up of being an esper and magical abilities to, to stay, which is a storyline we see a lot with women. But like the, the whole world got rid of all of their magic. <laughs> anyway, um... As a character, Tara is fairly versatile in both magic and combat. She's able to use things like swords and daggers. There is a whole classification of things called female exclusive equipment that I want to return to someday and do a whole episode on. So these are like items that only women characters can use. <laughs> so in this game, it's like hairbands, mystery veils, tiaras, the white dress, the regal gown, the Minerva bustier, and the princess ring. 
<laughs> so yeah, one day. There's also items women can't use, so that could be a whole fun episode. Uh, nonetheless, Tara was really powerful and well-balanced, and I always wanted her in my party. And again, she can transform into an esper with her signature power, Trance or Morph, which was pretty good, I gotta say. The character was originally conceived as a young man, but that idea evolved. And when this game came out in the 1990s, a main woman character like that just wasn't that common. Um, and she is well-loved. She frequently pops up at the top of the list and has many essays written about her character and why it was important. People have argued she helped pave the way for many video game heroines after her and that she had a complex and moving story that was rare and powerful. Also, kind of, I guess worth noting, Tara's never coupled with anyone romantically, but it was definitely implied that Locke and King Edgar were interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, this game was really formative for me. I, no joke, think about it all the time. I use it when I write stories. Uh, it's got a lot of really fun elements, like a castle that can bury itself, switching POVs, a haunted train, a haunted painting, an opera, a vicious octopus, a frightening clown, fishing, which was surprisingly fun. Um, but mostly it was a really good story with an awesome character like Tara and her path for self-discovery being at the helm of it. So I was super excited to talk about her today, and now I so desperately want to play it again. Uh, and I, you know what? I just might. I just might. <laughs> well, uh, as always, listeners, if you have any suggestions for this segment, please let us know. You can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stephonevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stephon Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.